This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Welcome to today's episode of Shrink Chicks. Hi, Jen. Hi, Em. How you doing, babe? You know what? Just living that living that dream. I've been working on a new karaoke song. I'm like trying to give myself fun things I do each week along with my other like things, my self-care things I do. Yeah, like yeah. Silly and ones. one of them is working on a karaoke and song. And so one of them is working on my new karaoke song that and I will hopefully it? debut at our Christmas party. Holiday oh, oh party. Oh my God, you have so much time. Well, yeah, but to to perfect the song, I need, you know, three to four months. <laughs> Can you tell me what it is? I'm not going to tell you what song it is, but it is Cher. Okay. Uh, okay. Can you answer it? Riddle me this. <laughs> uh, how are you working on it? <laughs> like, I like look up the lyrics and I practice in my room. <laughs> like in front of a mirror? Like what? what's happening? Um, no, I don't need to look at myself. It's just me, me and my voice, baby. <laughs> wow. That is beautiful. Should I be doing this? Like, is this a secret thing that I should be doing too? Like, are I, you just, this I, is just I think something it's more you want to do? like a weird thing that someone, like, I don't think most people are like, you know what I worked on this week is my new karaoke song. But for let me months, tell you. For, for four months. But let me tell you this. If you don't have one that you can rip out, you're going to get to a karaoke party and you're going to be like, what am I doing here? And you never know when you could end up at a karaoke party. That's all I'm saying. That's true. There are those like flash karaoke parties that happen so often that, you know, they just like spring up on you out of nowhere when people bring their karaoke machines to parties. You but know? I, mean, I mean, that's how I essentially got my first 10 tattoos. I was like, be like walking by a tattoo place and I'd be like, right. I should go in there. Right. Similar. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely similar. That's called impulsivity issues impulsivity you know it's like so if you're walking by a karaoke place i might want to go in (laughs) exactly exactly my go-to is always like a celine dion song listen which is a classic but i'm gonna tell you something it's overdone everyone does it okay well don't you think just i'll just i'll just go fuck yourself then (laughs) i'll just go fuck myself better go fuck yourself speaking of fucking yourself (laughs) It's not. It's that not going to be a good choice. your style? Actually, actually, maybe it is because we have a great intro today. From Sarah, listener Sarah wrote in and she said, for intro question, who is your childhood celebrity crush? <laughs> and who doesn't like talking about masturbation as a child early on, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> just a beautiful transition. Mine was Leo, of course. Like that's like that's like honestly, it's very similar to the Celine Dion karaoke <laughs> song because it's so like of course. <laughs> Don't you think? It's like the same yeah. thing. No, so, no, no, but no, no, but Leo, but I I like that when we I ha- we had talked about this question earlier and you were like, well, Leo from Romeo and Juliet. And I think uh, it is important to specify that it's where, not which version. Yes. It wasn't because Titanic, it's different. Leo. It's very different. OK, if you haven't seen Romeo and Juliet oh, with Leo in it, oh, my God, like when he's looking through the fish tank. Yeah. 
Oh God, it's really, oh. it is so sexy. No, that's <laughs> I had a great a, one. I had a fish tank growing up. <laughs> Where is this going to go? In my basement. And I would just like look at it, pretend like <laughs> Leo was on the other side. He wasn't. I so wish you taped a picture of him on the I other know, side. I, have. I wish I thought to get you that for your birthday. You have a birthday coming up. Well, you didn't know this. And I there's there's it's not too late. <laughs> it's not too late. So you just wait. If you get me a fish yeah, tank. But how mad would Leo. you be if I gave you an animal and something else you had to take care of? Yeah. Pissed. Pissed. I mean, honestly, the fish would probably die, you know. I can't even yeah. take care of myself. I have I know, like that, three I liters like, of <laughs> water to drink every single day. <laughs> oh, yeah. So post-kidney stone, um, uh, we talked about your kidney stone, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah we did. Of yeah, course. just want to make sure. Post Been talking stone. about it for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Jen found out that she used to drink three liters of water. For a normal person, I actually don't think that's the worst thing in the world. But for Jennifer Chaikin, it is absolutely the worst it's thing a doctor so could have told her. It is so hard for me to drink water. It's really hard. But I'm really going to try. I know. We have have a game plan and the we game do. plan is just drink water it's all the time <laughs> but i think you need a little flavor drops i think you need different like yeah the water water tastes bad to me so that you can do a little meal drop i'm gonna do a drop i need do to a do a drop baby i need to do a drop okay but who is your celebrity okay crush? well so obviously you know when you go both ways you got to have two things right. um okay so <laughs> so my jonathan taylor thomas of course, that's also very that's specifically very Celine in, Dion character. It is, I know it is JTT, specifically in um, Home Improvement. Oh, interesting. I mean, or Man of the House. I've Remember never Man seen of the- Man of the House. <gasps> no, it's really great. Really, it's uh, honestly, fabulous. I also hated Home Improvement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you not. A, I don't think it's a good show. <laughs> no, <laughs> like also like, but it was like '90s sitcom. Yeah, well, what was that guy doing over the fence? <laughs> Can't trust him. I don't like a I don't like a neighbor that's like peering over the fence. But you that know? was the whole point. I just it wasn't it wasn't for me. I was like, what the, what's this creep doing? Okay, then my second one was <laughs> I remember going to see the Parent Trap with my dad, and there was a scene where they play Lindsay <laughs> Lindsay Lohan against herself. Lindsay Lohan plays against <laughs> right. Lindsay Lohan. Right, right, the best. <laughs> She's an incredible think, actress. Incredible actress. <laughs> the range is incredible. Let me tell you something. <laughs> this is a scene where uh, Lindsay Lohan beats herself in poker. <laughs> She's good. She's okay, so then, and then she wins, and the dare was that you had a skinny dip right. in the water. And I remember there was like a scene where she's on the edge of the dock, and she like takes the towel off. And in that moment, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> And I was like, you know, freaked out, like sitting next to my dad. And I was like, oh, he knows, he knows. He like, knows. I think this is great. And then they take her clothes. Remember this? Oh, yeah. And that specific scene. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's that's how you knew. Maybe this question is not necessarily a childhood crush. Maybe I'm literally saying sexual awakening, actually. So, Sarah, I fucked your question up. My brain's right, apologies. Sorry. We're so. Also, I have to. I want to. I want to uh, trickle back <laughs> to when you said listener Sarah. <laughs> Just thought it was funny because we call all, all of my cousins. We call them like cousin X. Cousin. Well, I well, I think I also do it because it, at my daughter's school, Quaker school, there's no yeah. Mister or Mrs. It's teacher whatever. So everyone's yes. like teacher Sarah or teacher yes. Nan or like whatever. And so I do say like like. 
listeners like that is very yeah wow is that weird good i think we should bring that into like our everyday but you know like some podcast has like um some podcasts have like nicknames for the people that listen i hate that yes me too i think it is so weird maybe people enjoy it or identify with it but what am i gonna be like oh the shrinkies the shrinkies shrinky sarah sounds weird really weird yeah there's no shrink shrink chickadee sarah yeah (laughs) terrible that one was worse horrible cringing (laughs) i'm cringing with every part of my body (laughs) and that's the thing about cringing is sometimes your family doesn't get you but your chosen family does so let's talk a little bit today about some (laughs) sometimes we fit into a chosen family more than we fit into our biological family or we have a chosen family because our biological family isn't safe or they're not right for us or it's not a relationship there's lots of different reasons so today's episode is about chosen family and i think that the incredible thing about chosen family and i know this is like built into the uh name of it is that you don't choose your biological family right And you do choose your chosen family. And I think it also is important to say that it doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah. That a chosen family doesn't require the absence of a biological family. I think typically, and I think a lot of the time when we talk about it and and how we're going to talk about it in this episode is going to be a lot about, oh, because maybe your biological family didn't show up for you in the ways that you needed them to, or parts of your biological family um, isn't there to support you, that you get to choose your family, right? You get to create your chosen family. And so I just wanted to put that caveat in there is that like both things can be true, right? Like you can have a biological family that like does show up for you and you can also have a chosen family because also there's there's certain things that maybe our biological family can show up for and then other things that they can't show up for. And maybe our chosen family fulfills parts of that too. Yep. Mm -hmm. When bloggers or influencers post their outfit links, nine times out of 10, I click on it and immediately exit because the price is bananas. It wasn't until recently that I clicked on something expecting it to be the usual out of my price range sweater and it was under $60 at Quince. Quince has become my ultimate destination for luxury essentials that won't break the bank. Let me tell you about some of the gems I found at Quince. From their 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters starting at just $50 to their washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, Quince offers a range of high quality items at prices that are truly within reach. And here's the best part. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Yes, you heard that right. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman passing the savings on to us. I recently got my hands on one of their washable silk tops and let me tell you it has become a staple in my wardrobe. Not only is it incredibly versatile, I've worn it to work, out with friends, and even dressed it up for a date night, but the quality is unmatched. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash shrink chicks. 
Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising to fix my fine lines and thinning hair, but when pro says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. They get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to your age, exercise, and stress levels in order to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They asked me about my hair loss being genetic in my family, how long it takes for my hair to get oily after a wash, what products and tools I use to style my hair, and even my zip code to understand how the water hardness, UV index, and cold dry winter in Philly might be impacting me. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing pre-mixed, nothing off the shelf. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed my hair is so much softer, shinier, and fuller. I keep getting asked if I got a blowout from the salon. But don't just take my word for it. In a third-party double-bind dermatologist-supervised clinical controlled study, aka the gold standard in research studies, pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash shrink checks. So we're, we're going to sort of have this conversation in regards to listener questions. But Jen, I am going to start. Do you have some chosen family in your life? Yes, you. I, I was I was literally thinking if you do not save. And what does my daughter call you? Mom. <laughs> what, what does my daughter call you? <laughs> hey, Jen. And- Auntie Jen. Auntie Jen, right? It's kind of like Auntie M. It is kind of like Auntie oh, M. But if I, I had, if I had a kid, I would I have them call M. you Auntie M. And then I, I would dress them up <laughs> like they were in the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> this is why I'm not having children. <laughs> that would be what you did with your child. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> that would entertain you for 13 seconds and you should do all the other stuff. I got to tell you that right now. <laughs> but I think that there is something, the people we choose in our lives, and I think that a lot of people may struggle with this. And there might be someone who's listening that thinks, but I don't have anything like that. Yeah. I don't have anyone I feel close with. I don't have anyone. And I think that that is a very difficult thing because the reality is, is as humans, we need community and we need relationships. And it is difficult to find deep, deep connection and intimacy in this world, especially if you did not come from a family that had a ton of like deep emotional connection and intimacy. And so I think it can be then hard in relationships to navigate those and to find those. Yes. And I think that there is something so beautiful about it. But so if you're listening to this and you feel like I do not have that, I want to tell you that it's something that we can search for for a while and it might take time to find. But some ways we can navigate that is by also putting time into relationships that aren't just family. For some of us, we put all of our energy into family relationships. And somebody wrote in, what are your thoughts on the phrase blood is thicker than water? I don't know, besides that it's weird. I <laughs> the general sense is it doesn't really vibe with me because I there are so many people that you could have blood relationships with and not have even emotional safety. You, you might not be closeness, but there might not even be safety. Yeah. And I think I think that that is 
you know, just that phrase is a way to sometimes keep people in these loyalties with their families that maybe aren't feeling safe for them, right? That the, you know, kind of the socialized idea of the most important thing is your family relationships. And we, we got so many questions about this. Someone said, thoughts on the phrase, you only get one dad, mom, et cetera. And I think that's, it builds off this socialized idea that like, because they're your parent, because they're blood in some way, that you should appreciate that relationship, that um, you need to make that relationship work. You need to change that. You need to do something about that. And the fact of the matter is, is that we don't choose who our biological parents are or our biological family is. And sometimes those relationships can hurt us. And sometimes we have to create boundaries in those relationships in order to fully take care of ourselves. You know, it's a funny thing because you also read this phrase and you're like, man, how that phrase tone matters in that sentence, right? Yes. So if someone says to you, I know you're having a hard time with your mom. And I also know that you guys are really close and really love each other. I've seen it and I see their safety there. And I know you only have one mom. That feels really different to me than someone saying, well, you only have one mom, so you better yes. make it fucking work and be yes. nice to her. Yes. And I think to- the context of that sentence matters totally. a lot. Yeah. And so I think that's why it's hard. So when someone asks this general here, how do you feel about that phrase? Hey, there's times where I have to put into perspective that I only have one child and I know I'm feeling frustrated, but she's just a kid, right? So like, I think that there is... There, there's a time when you want to say that to yourself, and it's very different when it is used to guilt trip and manipulate. And I think you bring up a good point of like, how do you internalize that phrase? Because it's mm-hmm. one thing for someone saying it to you. It's another thing when you're saying that to yourself, right? Like, are you internalizing that phrase to keep you in a relationship or or working in a relationship that isn't actually working for you? Or is that phrase actually helping you to maybe put your egos aside, to create more vulnerability in the relationship, to... Um, and so I think that that, right, all of these questions, it's important to look at the context of them to say, like, is this actually a healthy, safe relationship for me? Because that kind of determines how we feel about these phrases. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody said... How to feel like, so let's say you're in a situation where you're like, I really have to dedicate my time with chosen family, you know, and maybe you also haven't necessarily figured out fully navigating your biological family. And so for some people, they have chosen family and that's their relationships in their life. They don't have a relationship with their biological family. There's nothing wrong with that. We all get to choose. But let's say you're someone who's navigating the waters of having both. And somebody wrote in and said, how to feel like you're not betraying your biological family. When you grow up with sentences like blood is thicker than water, family over everything, and basically everything that Kardashians try to teach us, it becomes toxic, right? And so toxicity is an extremist idea. So the extremist idea is that if I spend a holiday with anyone besides my biological family, I am hurting and ruining them or, or betraying them is the word used. And anything that's extreme like that, it's going to have consequences. But I do think it's also for some people, they're like, they don't care. Like, all right, so my family says I'm betraying them. Like, what the fuck ever? I don't give a shit, right? It's very different when it's like inside of you feels so guilt-ridden that it feels like betrayal to other people. Yes. 
it's interesting too, because I'm thinking about, you know, family tradition, right? And how your biological family may have a very specific idea around, I'm thinking about holidays, right? Like, as you said, and how this is how the holidays should go. And this is how, and I have this picture of like everyone doing this and the feeling of betrayal or like wanting to spend more time with your chosen family or whatever. Um, But having this sense of like, I need to, I need to be with my biological family. It's the thought that comes up for me is it, keeps you from being able to have your own independence and autonomy and your own decisions. And I think as you get older and you grow into an adult, you get to decide, like, do I want to continue to do things in the way I have been doing them? Or do I want to make a change? Do I want to do things differently? Is this serving me in the same way? And I think you know, that sense of betrayal may come from the lack of autonomy or lack of independence you might feel from your biological family and your ability to make your own differentiated decisions where you decide this is how I want to spend this. This is what I want to do. And I think that that's something that can develop over time where you're making those choices for yourself. Yeah. So, I want to talk about this one is how do you explain to your bio family you prefer to spend time with chosen family? Do you have to? Yeah, do you have or, to? Or can you just fucking do what you want to do? Yeah. Sometimes actions just speak a lot louder than words. There's a phrase I don't hate. <laughs> I love that phrase. Right? I do think just spend time with them. I don't think sometimes, I think we also like in this, especially when it comes to therapists, right? Everyone's like, oh, we got to talk about everything. We got to talk about everything. But explain our boundaries. Like you actually don't have to do that shit. Like you can actually just take action. Because sometimes words are pointless. And I don't say that to say you shouldn't have hard conversations. I think we all should. But I think if you know what you want to do, just go do that. And that's different. Now, let's say you're in a situation where you're spending a lot of time with your chosen family. And someone from your biological family says to you, why are you always with them and not us? And then I think you have an opportunity if you want to. Or you can say something along the lines of, well, I feel really safe with them and I feel really happy with them and I feel um, really supported by them, whatever it is, I just burped. Um, and, <laughs> and so that's really different, right? So then you have an opportunity. So they say, well, we don't make you feel those things. And you might have to say, I know I haven't always felt that here. Yeah. Or you don't have to explain it for shits and you can just say, I just really like being with them. And sometimes it doesn't have to be about running away. This is a way I like to think about it. It doesn't have to be about running away from something as much as about running towards something. Yeah, I love that. Those are two very different things. It doesn't have to be that these other people are the worst fucking people in the whole world. And I think that's why people think, well, my family wasn't abusive towards me. Or, you know what I mean? Like, we, we think in such extremes if it has to be that bad. But it actually doesn't you know you get to choose that and have autonomy for yourself and your relationships of what's safe for you i also it it might it might bring up that like you might not have a sense of why you're gravitating towards your chosen family over your biological family and so it might bring up the question of just to ask yourself what is it that this chosen family is giving me that i'm not receiving from my biological family? Do I feel more comfortable in their presence? Do I feel like I can be more of myself? You know, do I feel like I'm getting less 
judgments about who I am? Um, what is it that you get specifically from your chosen family that you're not getting from your bio family? Because it first might give you an idea of like what you're missing. And secondly, if you are having that conversation with your biological family, if they do say, well, why, you know, why are you choosing to be with them? That it, then you can, then you can have the conversation of like, hey, I'm realizing that every time I'm with you, I am getting these judgmental comments about who am I? I don't feel like I can be fully myself. So it just might give you information about why you're gravitating towards your chosen family and away from your biological family. How to explain your reasons behind chosen family to your children? I think this really depends on kids' ages. Um, when kids are really young, I don't think you need to explain. You just do actions. As they get older, if there's questions around it, why do why do we see um, our Gigi instead of our mom or whatever the fuck it is? Um, I think you have an opportunity to say, hey, you are lucky to have lots of people in your life that love you. And we also spend a lot of time with Gigi because she's a really important part of our lives. And she's really important to us as your parents. It doesn't have to be about talking shit. As they get older, your kids are in their 30s. If you want to fucking tell them whatever you want, you get to do that when kids are older. But kids should be protected um, as much as possible when they are children. Children should be protected. And we forget that sometimes yeah. as adults. You know what I love that you did when Millie was born? I don't know if it was when Millie was born or older. You created that book with like all like important people in your book. life and her life. Can you talk about that? Because I, I think about it all the time. I think it's a really nice, a really nice way to like introduce people mm -hmm. into your child's life. So we are close with our biological families and I have a lot of chosen family. And so when Millie was young, I got her this book made I'm somewhere online. Um, and it, and it just probably Etsy. Um, and it just said Millie's family. It had a picture of everyone who's important. And with that was also our friends. So, yes, it had her aunt Marsha, who's my sister-in-law, but it also had her aunt Jen, her aunt Brielle, and people that are her aunts in her life. Um, and it also had pet, right? Like that we wanted to introduce the idea of having good, amazing adults around her as early as possible. And the reason that is, is because there will be a time, even though I'm probably the world's coolest chick ever, ever. There, will be, <laughs> there will be a time that Millie does not want to talk to me about no. something for whatever reason. I know, even though no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like, do whatever you want with your body, yeah. right? I hope that <laughs> by the end of the day, there might be stuff. And I want her to know she can choose who ever she feels safest to to go to about things and there's a difference i think sometimes between concern and control and we will see we have seen this a lot with working with parents is that i mean we don't work with kids anymore but when we worked with teens there'd be times where parents wanted all of this additional information that was just content that didn't really matter but felt like control oh well they did you know oh they drank well where did they drink what this look like and the reality is if I say to someone, yes, they drank and they were safe about it and it's not kids doing your child is not in danger. That's all that matters to me. Right. Right. But sometimes parents confuse concern with control. 
And so I want my daughter to know she gets to choose whoever. It's the same reason when I was picking out pediatricians, I asked about, and people, have I ever told this story about the pediatrician? I don't think so. I don't know. So when we're going to meet with pediatricians, so like before you like have a kid for the first time, you like interview pediatricians and they have these like, isn't that so wild, right? Because you're you're thinking about you're with this doctor for 18 years, your kid's at and you probably have other kids there if you choose to do that. So you like meet these pediatricians. So we like go to this like meet the pediatrician day at our current. And I said, my husband, they're like, who has questions? And of course, my husband's question was, well, what what tests do you perform in office? What labs? (laughs) And they're like, oh, strep. And like, right to the coast thing. And then she says, and pregnancy test. And this other male, this is a female doctor, and the other male doctor goes, they don't want to think about their kids having sex. And so I stood up. (laughs) Of course. And I said, actually, I'm very interested in what your policy is about children obtaining birth control, preventive measures, pregnancy tests, anything like that. And she looked right at me and she said, I will not ever tell a parent anything unless there is danger. And we have been with that doctor ever since. (laughs) It's perfect. (laughs) And that is how I met my doctor, our our family pediatrician. It's honestly so important to have. And it once again, it speaks to the fact that like you have adults around your child that you trust and that your child can lean on because they might feel more comfortable talking to them than than they, of course. Right. And I remember, and I might've told this story. I had a pediatrician when I was younger, I was maybe like 13. And she said to me, she was like, oh, like, said something about drugs. She was like opening the conversation up about like trying drugs. And she said something like, you're going to try things like, and that's okay. And no adult has ever said that to me before. And I remember it to this day because it didn't take away my autonomy or like my agency over my choices. And it made her a very safe space. And you know, I didn't I didn't like go and talk to her about like all the drugs I was trying, you know, but but I just remember that so well because it was it felt so safe. And so, you know, if we if we bring it back to the conversation of chosen family that like there are so many times where your biological family isn't going to be a safe space to be able to talk about things or fully be fully yourself. And it is not because they're doing something wrong, right? Or like something, you know, it's it's not because they're a bad parent or they've, you know, whatever. They're abusing you. And we've said this earlier. It's It's just the nature of the closeness in that relationship sometimes doesn't allow for the vulnerability that's necessary to grow and flourish in the ways that you might need. There's a really good article right now. Oh, I have. We'll post it um, from The Atlantic. I just read last night. It's uh, it's called A Shift in American Va- Family Values is Fueling Estrangement. And it's about how mm-hmm, it's really good. I'm going to post it. And it's about how different generations have these values. And then it's causing cutoff in between generations when we can't understand and relate to one another. And we see this more and more. We had this rapid growth of society of how different life was. And it 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 changes things. Totally. The other thing that's important to remember is this, the idea of concept of the chosen family is especially very, very real for the queer community. Anyone who's not been accepted from their family, the only thing you need to do is be safe at any time and you find people that make you safe. That is what matters when we talk about families and relationships. Um, we have so much more we have to get to, so we have to we stop talking about yeah, doctors. Yeah, we can, yeah. I, although I can talk with our lovely pediatrician all the time. 
how to navigate loss and grief for your bio family while making room for chosen family. This is the duality conversation again, right? I can grieve and be excited for something new. I can grieve and, right? And so this is the idea of yes and. So when you say the idea of navigating loss, how would you grieve anything else in your life? Yes. And how can you hold both things at the same time? That there is space for both and there's space to talk to your chosen family about that too, right? That um, both things can be true and it isn't a abandonment of your chosen family to be grieving your bio family. It's not a disconnection in some way that you're human. And of course, that's going to be hard. And that grieving process can also take a long time. It isn't something that happens overnight. It's something that can be brought up at different times, like any grief. It can be brought up during holidays. It can be brought up during birthdays, right? Like that there's going to be times where the grief might get brought back up. And that's okay. Allow yourself to feel that while also leaning on your chosen family. How to find or create chosen family, especially when I have trust issues. The reason why I really like this one is because, and we talked about this earlier, and I just want to reiterate it, that chosen family isn't something that happens overnight. I think it's something that grows and develops over time. If there are trust issues that have come up because of uh, safety not being there in your biological family and creating connection is more difficult and doesn't feel safe, then it's okay for that to happen over time. And I think a good question to ask yourself is like, what is it in a relationship that makes me feel safe and trusting of someone? What is it that will help me feel more vulnerable and more trusting in my relationships? And how can I seek that in a chosen family? Because our psyche is used to and comfortable with people who maybe emulate our biological family or what we grow, grew up with, then we might subconsciously be pulled towards people who are in that same space or replicating that in some way. And so I would be very conscious and intentional about your chosen family and the people who you are bringing into your close circle. And once again, that might take time and it's okay that that takes time. So really think about and be conscious about what is it that allows me to feel trusting in my relationships and in my friendships? What kind of support and love am I looking for? How can I also give that to my chosen family, right? How can I also deliver that to them, that it's a reciprocal relationship? Because I think, too, when we are missing that in our biological family, we feel so empty and in need of it that sometimes we forget that it needs to also be a reciprocal relationship with your chosen family, that they also lean on you and that you can also give to them. And so that's what I would be really conscious of, of like, what are the things that you're looking for and what allows you to feel really safe in your relationships? Oh, I like that. Thanks. All right. We have Dear Abba Jen. Let's do it. Will you read for us today? Of course. Always. Ah. Ah. Okay. Dear Emma and Jen, my parents have been divorced since I was in grade two. Currently, I'm 28 years old. I recently got engaged and we are trying to plan a wedding. 
Unfortunately, a lot of bad feelings about my divorced parents and the incredibly toxic dynamic is being forced upon me at this age after not having had to deal with it for at least a decade since graduating high school. My dad in particular placed a lot of guilt on me and still does for spending more time with my mom than him. We want to get married in my mom's backyard and we voice this as an option to my dad, but unfortunately his reaction of being extremely avoidant and suddenly distant won't ask any more questions about the wedding since I brought that up. My immediate reaction is to always be sensitive about locations as they have always made him insecure. He does not like that the wedding will be in his ex-wife's backyard. Oof. It puts me back into the place of extreme pain and sadness to see that this is the same situation, even though all of these years have passed. It also makes me incredibly uncomfortable about the whole wedding because this dynamic seems to be now the main focus. Oh, this makes me very sad. He's never going to change. I know only I can react the way I want to live my life now. But I'm wondering what you think I could do in this situation to help me to make it about my partner and my wedding and not about that dynamic that has always seemed to get in the way of my happiness. Please send your wise words. Can we send wise words a hug and can I hold you for a few hours and sing to you? (laughs) Share. She's going to sing share. (laughs) And I hope it's calming. Keep going. So they're saying, what can I do? Have the wedding in your mom's backyard if that's where you want to get married. And the other part is, well, we're also talking about, which hopefully you're in therapy to say this, is you are someone who is highly parentified, who has had to navigate your parents' very difficult divorce, and you're still trying to navigate that. And you are doing the work that a parent should be doing, right? So what your parents' job to do is to say, this is my child's wedding, and I'm going to honor that, and I'm going to put aside my own ego and bullshit. And you're also a great candidate for reading Children of Emotionally Immature Parents. Um, because that's what your dad's doing right now. I-, I understand that he's sad. I understand that he's hurt. I understand this is difficult for him. But those are actually his things to work out. And his job is to show up as your father. The other thing I would imagine is that because you're so highly sensitive and aware of this, you also might um, be part of the cycle where you bring it up or you talk about your dad because you feel so bad. And the hard part is to say, I'm having this wedding in my mom's backyard. Dad, I can't wait to see you there. Here's your role that day. And then leave it at that. And if he chooses to be involved, if he chooses, you don't get to control the other part. But also then for you to redirect the focus back onto you and your partner, because that's what that day should be about. So for you to reclaim. And so maybe that means you need to have a little reclaim ceremony where you go into that backyard and you do visualization exercises of how beautiful that's going to be. Well, you and your partner do a little mini thing beforehand and you are going to have to reprioritize this year. Jen, what do you think? I love that. And, you know, Weddings can be such a triggering time for our childhood shit. And I'll tell you why. Because your wedding should be all about you and your partner. And let me tell you, when you were a child, it should have also been about you. And it wasn't. And so in that time, the way in which you learned to survive your parents' divorce was to think more about them because they were thinking more about themselves and trying to navigate that and growing up too early. And it sounds like this is putting you back in the exact same place that you were as a child. And so the survival piece of it is you 
thinking about, well, I'm worried about them and I'm worried about their feelings because that is what you always had to do in order to survive and in order to stay connected to your parents growing up. And so the things that you learned to do to survive as a child are no longer serving you in this environment. It is now your job to say their feelings are about them. It is not my job to take care of their feelings. It is my job to take care of my feelings and what feels right for me and my partner and create a boundary around that. And so this is, throw, of course, throwing you back into this childhood pain. And so it's, you know, of course, it's a painful time. It's also an, a huge opportunity for your growth and for you to give your inner child the parent that you never had growing up. For you to say, this is my day and I am going to focus on me and what I need and I am going to take care of my own needs. And that's it. And that's it. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Strange Tricks. We always ask you to rate, review, subscribe, follow an Apple podcast. You can check us out um, on Instagram at Shrink Chicks or the therapy group, which is our wonderful practice. We'd love to help you get situated. Um, if you're looking for a therapist, we'd love to help you out and help match with someone. You can check out our uh, Shrink Chicks journal on Amazon. We have merch on shrinkchicks.com. It's a great way to support the show, you know? Um, we love you. We are honored that you listen to this show and we will see you next week on Shrink Chicks. Bye.